I'm Lisa Hyde, and welcome to the Confidence Crown Podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is freedom. It all starts with your journey into self-belief and creating the confidence to live your life with abundance. Ladies, it's time to earn and own your crown and be the yes queen you are destined to be. Together, let's make it rain. Welcome back, babes. I'm super excited about this season's lineup of amazing, powerful, and ultra-badass women who are examples for all of us on how we can get it done. I'm thrilled to kick off season two with my first guest, Sarah Schultenkranz, who's going to blow your mind. All right, please note this episode was recorded through Zoom, so it doesn't sound as fab as I'd like it to for you, but I promise her story is worth hanging in there for. This is amazing! I'm staring at an image of Sarah on IG, and she's ice climbing! We're going to have to come back and talk about this, Uh, but just know, Sarah, you are my spirit animal. I wish I could do this. Seriously, this is insane. She is a true rock star. Sarah is a motivational coach, a trailblazer, a survivor of traumas, and a mama of three. I can't do her story justice, so I'm going to have to let you hear directly from her, but she's one of these powerful women that have come into my life since I've started The Confidence Crown. And I'm so excited to talk to her today and for you guys to hear her story. Not only is it empowering, but it's gonna move you and it's gonna make you wanna know more about Sarah. And that's what this is all about, learning more about each other and how we can support each other. So Sarah. Thank you. the the lowdown on you, and then we'll go into some questions and answers. So the lowdown on me, that's such a big question. I I love that. (laughs) I mean, again, I, I I personally can't do it justice, but girl, you can even give us like (laughs) elevator version of it. And then we can go more into depth. So I am, uh, yes, I'm a massive adventurer. I'm also not your typical 45 year old woman who is a massive adventure. My adventuring started about five years ago, really deeply. Um, when I found out that my husband at the time, I was married for 17 years. When I found out that my husband had been cheating on me um, for 14 of those years, he also, I found out that he was an addict um, of multiple addictions. And I literally found out in one night. So I told you I deep dive really quick in. Um, it, is what it, is. it is what it is, right? It's like, yeah. oh, okay, all right. Um, and also then my relational and betrayal trauma that I had experienced through this time with my husband, literally like on the spot, re-triggered a lot of traumas that had happened when I was 17 and was raped by somebody that I knew. And so it really, especially with the movement that we're going through right now with, you know, women and and all of their experiences and discussing and talking about them and deep diving into them, um, it was a very powerful time in my life, obviously. And it's one that catapulted me into really finding who I, who I truly am and who I want to be as a woman and who I want to be as a mom. I, I'm a mom of three three sons, amazing children. And um, who I also want to be as a partner to this man who I had fallen deeply in love with as, you know, when I was in college, he was, you know, he was my best friend. So how do I take all of that, right? And, and, and find who I am at the, my core in order to um, heal and transcend and move forward. So I, during that time in my life, dove deep into what I love to do, which is adventures. And look, now, now I'm like, this now you're crazy climbing <laughs> now I'm climbing ice. <laughs> oh, well, and, and the thing is, is that I think, you know, life is one big, massive experience. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. And it's just one big, massive, amazing, juicy experience. And so, yes, that was an experience that I went through with him. And I'm still going through with it with him. And I always will be. It's, he's, he's the father of my children. So, you know, the, the, the piece with my husband is I, you know, I'm always going to be friends with him. It's just the way it is. He's the father of my children. And I don't do hatred very well. <laughs> I just don't. 
but the, because life is such one big experience for me, it was figuring out what do I want this experience that I now have been through with him. I was married to him for 17 years. Um, yeah. Our divorce, it's a long time. And how do I want to take that experience then and create something moving forward? So I now coach, guide, and, um, and really create experiences for along with my clients that allows them the opportunity to do the same. So That's so wonderful. Thanks. Uh, and impressive because, you know, we can let those relationships pull us down and keep us in a Broken. negative yeah. yeah, where we're always like, woe is me, or, you know, this happened to me and, and not actually being proactive about getting out of that situation. And this is, okay, so I am going to try to tie this to an episode that I did discuss because I come from a family of addiction. Go for it. So my question to you, Sarah, was, was addiction in your family growing up? So my, yes, there was, um, there is addiction in my family. Um, but understand my, my, so my husband's addictions were not the same as my family's addictions, which is what's really interesting to me. He, which I didn't even know was doing really deep, hard drugs and has also addictions to um, sex, drugs, alcohol. So my family itself though, I come from a, I'm from the Midwest. Like, you know, I'm from, I'm from a small town. I come from a very small town in the middle of the country um, from a small farming community of like 1100 people. And so, yeah. And so there's, it's just, it's a different life back there. And I love the life back there. I'm glad I grew up there. Um, with that comes a lot of other stuff. Right. And so they just, how you handle problems is differently. Um, you don't go to therapists, you, you, you know, you kind of push stuff under the rug a little bit more. You kind of, you know what I mean? Like you turn to other things and that's not, that's not always a healthy thing that people choose to go to. So, yeah. But I, I, so again, this parallel life we had, even though your, your husband's addictions might've been different or a variety of them and more intense. Mm -hmm. um, What I find interesting is that obviously both you and I were not looking for that to be in our life. When we were adults, we weren't looking for, and yet we were with people who were addicts and they hid it from us very well. And I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people question me about that. How did you not know? Right? I'm not personally into that stuff. And they are very aware that that's not my lifestyle. They go to great lengths to hide it. Did oh. you find that with your husband as well? So if you would have seen me, oh my gosh, this is hilarious <laughs> that you're bringing this up. I'm sorry. I laugh a lot. And it's not that I'm laughing to diminish at all. Understand that. It's just yeah. for me, that's, I, that's my transcendence, I, you know? So the night that I found out that he... Um, that he was doing drugs he, or the night that I, my discovery night of uh, yeah. discovering everything that was going on. It was Thanksgiving Eve five years ago and he walked through the front door and he was not, not the person that I knew. And it was late at night and I'm sitting there like, what is, what the hell's going on with you? Like, what is going, who are you? I don't know this person. And uh-huh. every PTSD, like every hit of Oh my God, this is this. I don't know this human being. Yeah. Everything was, I mean, if you can imagine, like my entire body went on just was on fire. It was crazy. The interesting thing about it was because I had never done this, I had never even smoked pot. So I'm yeah. sitting there with my phone, <laughs> right? I go and grab my iPhone because Google's just, you know, your best friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I asked him straight up, like, what are what are you on? What is this? And then he told me that it was cocaine. It was not cocaine. But I'm literally like Googling, like, mm-hmm. like what are the effects of cocaine? What are the effects of cocaine? And I'm sure there are plenty of your listeners out there that are sitting there going, oh yeah, that was me. That was me. That was me. Because I don't know. And the thing but is... I, I never did it. So I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. Exactly. Right. I don't have a clue. I mean, how am I supposed to know if I've never experienced that? Right. And so... And the interesting thing about it though, um, and, and where I get, where my heart goes out to for, for people that are addicts is the amount of energy that goes in to hiding something. Yeah. I mean, I was living my life. I wasn't hiding anything. And so how do you, how can, I mean, the thought of what went in the time of your life, 
all the time in your life that you think about that you're having that, that, that he's thinking about, or your partner's thinking about, or whomever, how to hide this or how to get away with it. Or it's just unfathomable to me. I did. I, I, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I find it to be a humongous waste of time and money when I look at it. I mean, I'm not saying people can't live it up and have fun on, you know, the weekends, like as a stress or whatever. I'm not saying drugs are bad and whatever. People are entitled to whatever they want. But right. when you are with an addict yeah. and have children like you do, mm-hmm. they have gone through great lengths of great energy. Life. I'm in money to hide that from you. And that's the mind blowing thing to me. I'm like, what? what were you doing? What was I doing when you were doing that? And where were you? And were the kids with you? And oh my God, like that's, that's the kind of stuff that makes me go, okay, this, this is not going to get recorded in my life. Cause yeah. this is okay. This is not the life I want. And right. You, exactly. And like you said, and not to belittle him, you have a wonderful relationship with him. Now you will always be friends with him. He is the father of your three children. And that is, incredibly important and you want to, you know, have a healthy relationship for your kids. And I get that. And I'm friends with some of my exes, but it's hard to have addicts in your life um, when they're still trying to figure out why they're diving into all this stuff. Well, and so you nailed it right there is exactly where you nailed it though, too, is um, for me, you know, I, I literally, as soon as that, as soon as I realized what was going on, nothing, Nothing was going to stop me from figuring out where the root of the problem was yeah. because addiction is also you, you're using your, as an addict, you use all these other mechanisms to hide, not to hide, but even to, 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 um, to cover, to, to feed something that is really deep within your own soul. And so for me, it was, okay, we're going to figure this out here because I didn't, I wanted him healthy. Of course. I, I don't, I don't care if we had children together or not. Like we were still like, I knew, I look at it as though everybody within their own human being, we have, we have light, we have dark, we have, you know, we have good, we have bad, we have the bad, the good, wolf. Of course, you know perfect. that story, right? Nothing's perfect. Yeah, nothing's and perfect. for me, I knew that he had not been feeding that the healthy side. And I knew that within him, he also had a very sweet, like, I know it's there because I married him. I wouldn't have married right. him if I didn't know he was there. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, so for me, it was five days of disclosure post that night of just finding, going through everything. Like how deep is this? What's going like on? Forensic and then science. once it was getting to the root of, oh honey, it was like, I mean, I know. I, I mean, I, I know. We're such detectives anyway. And then you, like, you find out this kind of thing. You're like, Okay, I'm look, I'm I'm combing through everything. I'm going to figure this out. We're going to go to the, we're going to get to the bottom of it. We're getting to the bottom of it. You opened this can, and we are like diving in so fast and so deep. And so you know, and I saw a lot. I found a lot of stuff. And so for me, it was then let's get you into rehab. Let's you know, let's get you, let's get you, um, let's get you healthy. And he is, he's clean. He's sober. He's you know, awesome. got a great, doing his, he's got a great line, um, clothing line. Like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of, I'm proud of, and do I always agree with him? Heck no, because we now lead very different lives and, and I don't have to agree with him and he doesn't have to agree with me. And we're very, you know, we have, we're, we're okay with that, but I'm proud of where he's, where he's, where he's headed. So that's good. So is this, was that transformational night five years ago? Was that what propelled you to the person you are today and you wanting to continue to seek adventures and help other women? Um, is, was that kind of the tipping point for, for where you are today? It was. It's really interesting. Um, that I remember sitting there that the morning that I truly knew what was going on. I was like, holy, my life will never be the same. And then I started running a lot. People kept asking me, what are you running from? And like, I'm not running from anything. I'm literally like... I can't leave this, this negativity or this anger, resentment or whatever it is within my body. And so without even really knowing what I was doing, I just, for me, it was a somatic release of knowing I had all of this within me. Well, that's why you think about, you know, there's so many people that they're so upset. They're so sad. They're so this, they're so that. And, and I, and I get it. I get it. We all have these, these emotions that are very valid, but it's also about, we need to clean ourselves out to let the happiness come back. Yes. And so that's what I was doing. 
And so that's when I started, you know, paddling to Catalina Island and back and summoning mountains and having my aha moments in nature of like, I'd be standing on a ledge going, oh my gosh, my life is like, this is beautiful. Look at how peaceful that this world really can be. Yeah. So that's, that's where I really started finding and the, the, the connection between nature healing mm-hmm. and really getting outside and being able yeah. to go deep dive within yourself. That's, that's where it all started. That's where the seedling of my business started, which that's is cool. cool. No, it's so incredible. And it's, and it's cool because what you guys can't see is how lit up she is. She's so excited. She's telling me the story and her face is just like glowing and you can tell this really does make her happy. And, mm-hmm. uh, what you've heard from me when I've talked about some similar things, like my happy place is the beach. Um, I go to the ocean, not always to even get into it, but I just need to smell it, see it. I need to touch the sand and I need to, I need to go to that happy place and look at that water. And to me, it's super calming. It centers me and it really allows me to focus on clearing my head and where I want to be. And I will, I even do it. It's funny when I, I take my dog on long walks and some of my best thought process, like things I want to get done, things that come in our walks. So I'm with you on like nature thing. I'm outside, fresh air. I'm usually listening to an audible. Um, my brain starts to like clear from whatever clutter was happening. Things start getting much more visual. And, and then I start seeing like, okay, I really want to tackle this next. Or I want to talk about this topic or I want to do this. But it, it happens when I'm outside. And or or yeah. at the gym when I am physically moving my body in a different way. If you just put me down at my desk and tell me to come up with an idea, I will probably hit my head against the wall. But put so there's, the light, I can do it. There's research on it. Like there's yeah. actual research on this that what you're doing. There's there. So the research is just starting to come out too, which is what's really cool. Like I'm working on a book right now, and it's so freaking cool because it's at a time when we're learning that real connections within ourselves happens outside of the indoors, right? Yes. Like when we are connected, deeply grounded to the earth, when, yeah. we, when our, when our prefrontal cortex actually slows, when we're like, that's where all of the juice and the flow of life and living happens. And so, you know, for me, like being able to, I see my clients, I know exactly where my clients are on the trail when I'm like, Oh, they're getting a hit. They're getting an idea. <laughs> it may not have downloaded yet. But right. I know it's now put I, it has now been stuck in their brain, and so, sure enough, every single time later on, they're like, they call me or they're like, "Oh, this happened. I decided to do this." I'm like, "Yeah, can I tell you when that actually downloaded into your head? You know, or where where the seedling was?" And then yeah. I'll tell them, and they're like, "Whoa, how did you know that?" And I said, "Because this is what I do. Yeah, this this is what I do. This is my this is my sweet spot. You know, that yeah. happened. All that you guys are experiencing." is what I've already been through. So I'm curious, Sarah, did you feel like you had this calling prior to the incident with your husband? Were you, did you kind of do this behavior growing up or when you needed, when you needed time to clear your head, were you, is that when you started running? Like, or did everything happen like as a effect of that traumatics night or was, was this always your MO? So it's so interesting you asked that because um, I was thinking about that. You know, I, I was back at my parents' house for Christmas and um, I was thinking about that while I was there because my parents were very adventurous. Like they, oh. I come from, you know, a family where every year we would go on a road trip and, you know, we would go up to Alaska and I was always the one though, now that I've started really thinking about it, that was kind of pushing it a little bit where I was like, okay, we're at a glacier but I want to put my legs into the glacier. And so I would be the one sitting next to the glacier with my legs hanging into it, you know? And I can't believe and my I'm mom let me do boat. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the fact that my mother let me do that, it was like, wow, that was really cool of her. You know, that's <laughs> really cool of her. My brother that's a year older than me is also very adventurous. He's a, you know, he was in the Air Force pilot and just like, so wow. he's the same kind of way. My mm-hmm. oldest brother, not as much though. We, but we still, the three of us are extremely close and we would spend a lot of time outside. That nice. was our, that was our gig. Like we would always be outside. So in terms of like really pushing it or really, or really deep diving that much, 
that happened probably, it started the year before I found out. So the year before I found out is when, though I had already been like climbing mountains and going into the Grand Canyon and all that stuff, I was loving it. But when I really started doing the somatic piece and the understanding, you know, what was happening and finding Mm -hmm. your clarity in nature, that was the year before I found out when I was starting running more and going, something's happening here and I can't figure out what it is in my life. Right. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. As a woman, like you're, you're like, all these little, like the hair on the back of your neck is going up. You're like, something's not right, but you not don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Because again, people always wonder like, how could you even living with someone and not see these things? I'm telling you, you have, it's just not clear. Like you have like thoughts and you, you question yourself. You're like, okay, I must be making this stuff up. I must mm-hmm. be way reading into this. No, our instincts are there. They're telling us, this is not right, but we're not acknowledging it yet. But you were starting to already try to self. Yeah. You were trying to figure it out and you're like, God, not adding up, not adding up, but I'm just going to keep running because it makes me feel better when I run, which is awesome. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and you know what? So here's what's really crazy. This is how crazy this is. I'm also a very spiritual person. And I think that for, um, for a number of years, I didn't listen to that within me, those little intuitive hits. I just... <laughs> would listen to my partner before myself, which now never again. This is a game on like I listen to Mama Bear, which is me. I listen to me (laughs) continuously. Mm -hmm. If there's a hit, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. But I would be running, I don't even I don't even know if I've ever really shared this. This is actually kind of funny. I would be running and I would have like my own, I'd be running up a hill, for example. This happened several times. And I'd be pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And all of a sudden I would just fall to the ground crying. And it was this, and I, but here's the thing. At that moment, I would have like this little drop. I imagine it almost like a little drop of information into your brain of, and I remember one time somebody, I remember it clear as day, taking me a while to get this out because I'm literally like, wow, hearing the words, your husband is gay. Mm. Something's going on. Your husband, yeah. something's going on. And I remember going like, what? What the hell? What the hell? Where did that come from? Right. And it was like, what? And I would get back up and I would just keep running. And I'm like, what? Where, what was that? You know? And so I think that there were, there were, um, flags along the way that not early in our marriage, but in that year prior to me finding out where it was like, I was being told, you know, within myself, my brain was saying something, my mind was saying something, my heart, my soul, the whole nine yards, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get the, the complete answer. And, right. and it was because I didn't get the complete answer from him. And of when course. you're, when you're that in love with your partner, you right. can't, you just, and if he's going to great lengths to hide this side of his life. I mean, again, it, until he tells you, or if you catch him, I mean, they're like, they're, that's the only right. two ways it can happen. You catch him in the right. act or he finally opens up to you. And either way, I mean, it's, it's devastating. It's a devastating loss because you also know how hurt he is yep. and how Absolutely. he is. And, and, you know, again, instinct for women, like we want to, we want to help and protect and heal people. And we want to yeah. be those nurturers and to know that your best friend and your husband is actually in that much pain is devastating. It is, it's a loss for everyone. And I love mm-hmm. that he wants to live his truth now. I love that he's sober now. I love that you guys have a, you know, again, a healthy relationship to be co-parents. Again, yeah. you don't have to agree on everything to be co-parenting, but right. it is, but what's great now is he's also not living a lie. And that's, yeah, that's good for everybody. Absolutely. And again, parallel lives. <laughs> Um, and not to belittle your story at all, but my mom came out when, when I was 19. She had never been in a relationship with a woman before. This was the one and only one she was in. So that was a little mind blowing. She just had had horrible relationship with men. Wow. And yet I will tell you in high school, my boyfriend and I used to joke about her being gay. No clue why we'd say that. We've no clue. Yep. Whatever instinct that was five years, six years later was the very first time, very first relationship, very first act. And she told me, he is the first person I called. <laughs> My first high school boyfriend, you know, I'm like, I'm like, holy crap. Do you remember when we used to tease her? We were right. So 
again, as women, I believe we just have to always pay attention to that little voice inside of us. Our instincts are there. We might not see the action from that person in front of us. Um, but I went on to have boyfriends in college and post-college who were gay, who didn't quite know it when we met. So it was something yeah. like unraveling. It's also kind of the age for a lot of people to kind of just accept who they are and what's going on. So right. Right. It, it, it wasn't like a big like, ooh, but... Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. I, I know as you're saying this, yeah. so I'm like, hey, that happened to me too. That happened to me too. So yeah, I mean, it was... And what was interesting is she had never been happy in a relationship. She had been with a lot of really men. And so to finally see her happy, I was like, okay, if that's going to make you happy, then I'm going to support you. The person was a little crazy and <laughs> she ended up being a very difficult problem and person in our lives. But the beginning of the relationship, uh, that honeymoon phase, it, it was great to actually see her happy with someone. And I guess living a truth that she didn't even realize. So again, and that she was, holy crap, I was in college. She was 40 when she realized this. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's all very interesting. And it's yeah. interesting. again, who knows? I would love for her to be here now and really be able to tell everyone like the full story because that relationship ended up being a very, very um, dysfunctional and um, painful situation where that person was not good for her and it was very unhealthy. And so um, part of her, like the cancer coming back, <laughs> all of us, we all blame that person because <laughs> had yeah. she been happy and really been able to um, lead a life of health and wellness, right. uh, maybe she would have had a better chance. Maybe not because that kind of cancer comes back. But there was always like this, like, ooh, if this person had just gotten out of our lives, we could have maybe had a chance. So it's interesting how that all goes down. Um, I know. I'm like, I'm, I keep I'm telling you, we have, a, we have a lot of parallel lives. Um, well, if I, I have think, more, I have more and more, it's just like, I have more and more people where it's, it's where I can't even explain it to you. Like every day, every day I get people, every single day I get messages from people yeah. that's me. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it's so important that, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to create this platform, not because I love to hear myself talk, please understand that this, 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 <laughs> this took a while for me to, um, <laughs> want to, to do this, but as I've been coaching people and as of, uh, as I've been doing this over the years and interacting with all kinds of people, I realize you know, most of us share only one side of ourselves that we want people to see. Right. <laughs> because we want to look like we have all our shit together and that um, right. everything is rainbows and, and unicorns and life is beautiful. And yet underneath, we've all been through shit. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And, and this is a place for people to understand we have all been through shit, but we also have that ability to overcome it and to move on and to be better, stronger, healthier people if we want to, or you can remain stuck. But I'm all about that mindset reset. I'm all about dropping the baggage and moving on. There's no reason we have to carry our shit around or anyone else's. A thousand percent agree. Thousand, amen, sister. Like, <laughs> we, are, we are like pushing up. Exactly. I love it. Amen. But I, that's, that is why I'm so... I've been really honest about these stories that I've been telling because I, I didn't, I wasn't a blogger. I didn't write a book before people only see like the Instagram side, which is lovely. And I have fun doing it, but let's be real. There is a life behind it. And it took me a lot of years yeah. to even want to put pictures up about myself. Like that, I was always behind the scenes. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the roller coaster of my life that I've been on with relationships, not being healthy with, family drama with um, my own desires to improve myself and not like loving myself at a certain time. Right. So I find it all interesting. I'm going to let you decide if you want to talk about this next one. I think it's really important. Go for uh, it. A little part of your life about what happened to you when you were 17. Um, because again, we have a we yeah. have an story that kind of intertwines, but yeah. I, I, I don't, I think it's important for. No, I totally, thing. totally. Can. Um, but I totally can. I mean, listen, we're having a documentary made of my life. And so, yeah, I know we're in production. We're in production right now. It's called Walk Through This. There, you can find it on Facebook. And we started 
the, the beautiful thing about doing this documentary is that it's already doing exactly what I wanted it to do and hoped for it to do, which is to share all of this. And it's given my parents the opportunity to also open up and to, um, they interviewed my parents, they interviewed my siblings and to be able to, to also tell their side, which I didn't know a lot about. And so it's, you know, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it'll be released. We're hoping for um, the fall of 2020. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yep. Talk to you about that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. So, so ask away, in other words. Ask away. Okay, so you have a very pivotal story in your life. When you were 17, you were raped. And you said you actually knew the person. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming this is because a small town, you didn't really have the support of the police or anyone around you. And you ended up keeping your child. That's yeah, I know. I, got, I, I know. I know, dude, right? Huge. I know. I know. Yeah. Yes. I know. It's huge. And, I, and I'm assuming it's difficult. I mean, how do you, how do you bounce back from that? How do you, how do you move on? Because all elements of that are difficult. You were young. Mm-hmm. It was something new. You didn't have the support from the people around you that you needed at the time. Yeah. And child how how do you how do you recover how do you move on from that so it's interesting um oh and there's so much more to this too Um, so that you didn't pause you like you went to college like you didn't take time out. I did I went right to college no no I went right to college um so this happened to me in 1990 and I gave birth in 1991 And the one question that I do get asked a lot is, well, why didn't you go to the, didn't you go to the police right away? And I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because of shame, because of guilt, because of, um, I'm 17, right? Like I'm 17. And so, and quite frankly, because push it under the rug. Right. It's just the, it's just the time. It's just pushed under the rug. If you don't, if you can stick it in the back of your head and not look at it, it didn't really happen. Right. Until I found out I was pregnant. And then it was like, well, now what do I do? Right. I get asked also a lot, well, why did you keep your child? And there were multiple reasons for that. It's not like I wasn't told, hey, you know, we support you if you choose to not keep this child, um, to abort the child or to just simply not keep the child. I, I don't have any other explanation to explain to you, except that there was such a deep connection with this child within me and me. I can't even explain it. I don't even, I, I, it's an energetic thing. Um, yes, I am also religious. Uh, yes, I'm spiritual. Um, I was born and raised Catholic, even though I, I practice now, but I'm not like a full on, you know, it was just one of those things for me that I just couldn't do it. I just, there was something there and he's an amazing freaking kid. And so it was the most difficult and pivotal decision in my life. And I had to give up an awful lot in my life because of it. And it also, I'm glad I did for me now for Listeners, I'm sure for a lot of people, they'll, this will touch in a way that it's difficult. And I know because I, I feel you. I feel you. It is, it is as a woman, a very, very hard choice, especially at 17. Yeah. Especially when you're 17. So I tried to press charges and um, they claimed insignificant evidence, not enough mm. evidence. And so this person... Yeah, it was it that 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 was that was hard. My family was very supportive. I think the town didn't know what to do. It was like you know, I'm in I'm in high school. Like I'm still going to high school. Town high school. I'm still I'm st- I'm my town is in the middle of a cornfield. I mean, not my town. Sorry, my my high school is in the middle of a tor- cornfield. So is my town. But <laughs> but literally, the high school is like in the middle of a cornfield, and yeah. that's how small it was. So there was just a lot of like confusion and like, well, did it happen or did it not? Or da, da, da. And I don't know. It was, it was a piece of me where I was just like, shut it all out and do your thing and just shut up and just, you know, believe in yourself. And look, I, I, that was just kind of how I, and also 
I was a very big artist back then. Mm-hmm. Um, art was my savior. Oh, good. And my teachers were my savior. Good. And so my art teacher would just, doors open 24-7, Sarah, use it whenever you want. And so that was awesome because I just dove straight into my creativity. Coincidentally, when I went to college, I became an art teacher. And uh, I know. And so for me, it was also just like, that's where I found myself. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a very, very difficult time. I, I ended up, this person stalked me. He would try to get into my house. I remember calling my mom. Um, I would be home alone and my parents would be bowling because that's what they did. And, um, you know, I'd call down there and be like, mom, like, what do I do? And she'd, you know, stay away from the door. Don't answer it. We're going to take care of this. So I had to get a restraining order on this person. Yeah. And, um, and still, and still, <laughs> and still, and still. Now, the most difficult thing for me, and I do share this, was... You know, when you have that many people that doubt you, mm-hmm. it starts it starts to eat at you. And Absolutely. so there were some moments where I was like, oh my God, maybe, you know, did this happen? It, it starts to eat at you in a way of, not where you doubt yourself necessarily, but you start to really like, I don't know, it's, it's this rethinking, right? Of like, did this happen? Did it happen? Did it, you know, and you're like, Oh my God, did I cause this to happen? Am I at fault for this? You know, maybe if I wouldn't have done this or if I wouldn't have done that, or if I'd have just like screamed more, whatever it is, there's this whole, you know, you take a lot of that on. Mm -hmm. And then I found out he tried it on somebody else. And that's when I went, yeah, exactly what you just said. Fuck. Now, were you able because then I, you know because then I what's that no but that that maybe that was that that moment that you needed to that clarity to be like I did not make this up I did not ask for this this really did happen and here's the proof so it's interesting I um I actually asked for a sign from God I had said like I need something here I mm-hmm. I need something I'm feeling alone and I need something. And when I found out, I had the woman actually tell me, like, he tried this on me. Mm. And um, that's when I went, oh my God. And there was, it was two folds. It was a fold of like, as crazy as it sounds like, wow, I'm not going crazy. I would yeah. never in a million years wish that on anybody else ever. No, no. And obviously, right? Obviously, yeah. like I would never want, I never wanted proof, but at the same time I needed proof. Yeah. Because, because if I got proof, that meant that he did it again. And then there was the side of me where I was, if only somebody would have listened. If right. only somebody would have been, would have said, she's she, like, okay, we got enough. We've got right. enough to at least take this somewhere. And so then I had to carry that around where I was like, shit. I, I knew I did enough. I knew that I, you know, I used my voice. I knew that I had like, I, I had spoken up and I had, and at the same time, it was like, wow, man, somebody else was affected. And that's kind of why I led into this. One, remarkable because again, you, you listened to your inner voice. You knew you just had to keep going. You could have, this could have crushed you then. This could have changed this could have completely taken you off your path into a very destructive side of your life. And you stayed clear, mm-hmm. stayed focused, and you actually persevered, which I think is like the biggest moving part of it altogether. And knowing there was another woman who was also hurt, and then I think that empowers you even more to be more vocal about it. And that's you know, the Me Too movement, some people still don't understand, like, why is everyone speaking out now? Because for years as women, we were told we were at fault. We were wrong. We caused this for some reason. No, no, no. Yeah. When you're young and again, not having the people around you be the supportive ones and believe you run with what you are saying and, you know, defend you in a sense... Or when you're in a position when you're at work and this is happening with a superior, yeah. again, 
feel like you're defenseless. Like I, how can I stand up for myself? These people are much more powerful around me and they're telling me I'm wrong. And so it did take many women's voices. It did take courage to be able to speak out. And it's very important that we continue to talk about these things and we don't belittle them because we need it to stop. And we need people to be aware that this sends ripples into your life forever. This will, this is something you will never, ever not talk about, forget or anything. You also have this beautiful living being that came out of this. Yeah. He's such an incredible kid. I know. He's like literally like such an incredible kid. I love this kid. I mean, he's just, yeah. But, and, and, and yeah, it did. Like I, 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 here's the thing is that it's not only, uh, it's not only about me, it's about my family. Yeah. Right? Like, like it affected, you affected my parents. You affected, totally. my parents. you affected my friends. You affected my friendships. You affected like all the, you affected my future relationships. Yeah. Because now, you know, I went into college and yes, I, I, you know, went straight into Madison and, and, and I was affected there because it was the, I remember having to give a speech and I remember thinking to myself, they needed it to be on, on a pivotal moment in your life. And I thought, mm-hmm. here I go. Like, this is where this, and I did, I used this experience as my speech, that I, wow. my speaking engagement. It was the very first time that I'd spoken openly about it. And you could have heard a pin drop. And I remember thinking like, I thought I was going to throw up having yeah standing in front of my class and using this as my, as my subject matter. And at the same time, I'm like, man, are we like, can we just, can we just have these conversations even back then? That's also when I made the distinct choice. I remember where I was, where I made the distinct choice of someday I will go vocal about this because it has just pissed me off that bad that I have not been able to speak about it because it's not okay when you've affected that many people in my life, I mean, me as well, obviously, but that's yeah. not okay. And then I married my husband who, who like, clearly I get it now looking back, we all have the stories and we can see, we can, we can put the lines together. I get how I got into that relationship. I get it. <laughs> you know, I get it. So yeah, it affected a lot of my life. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm so proud of you for being able to speak up at that age, then I don't, I, I don't think I would have had the same courage as I do now. Um, cause in college, you're still finding your footing. You're still finding out who you are and what your beliefs are. And they're, it's so much different now. I mentor girls who are in college now where I went to school and it's so, so different. Not that these incidents yeah. don't happen, but now, when a girl puts her hand up and says, this happened to me, everyone's paying attention. Everyone's listening. But it took you. It took my story. It, it took us years to get to this point. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm truly blown away about how you were able to talk about it and deal with it um, then. And I think that's also what enabled you to continue to grow and why you didn't get into a destructive path at all. Because you were able to talk about your pain then. And that's remarkable. Because had, bur- had you buried that? Had you like pushed under the rug? Oh no, he's not my son. He's my brother or whatever. Like, had you not right. like, but right. you could have completely created an, another, what do we call ourselves? Um, avatar for yourself or something. Right. And like, right. oh, that was somebody else. That wasn't me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you owned it. And well, you thank you. From it. Just yeah. incredible. And I know now why women... You know, it's interesting. No, I think I get why people are comfortable telling you those kinds of stories and they understand, you know, the support that you give them because you've been through the trenches and back. You've you've gone through it all. And you are just, again, this light. You are just, you're strong, you're empowered, you're helping others be empowered. And you're not using it as a, woe is me. It's, It's a this is part of my story, but it doesn't define me. And I love that. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, I tell my son that I, you know, it's funny. I, my oldest, my 27 year old, um, I tell him that I'm like, you know, in a way you kind of, you kind of saved me because, um, he, he also gave me a lot of focus in my life at a very young age. 
at 17, it was, and he was just such an incredible little baby that that's where my focus went. It was okay. Even though I was up at two in the morning, I was, I, you know, studying and I was holding a job at the same time. And I was, you know, so I was working to, to, to be able to afford all this. And he, he gave me a lot of focus. He gave me a lot of hope. And, um, you grew up fast. Oh man. I, I, you know, yes, I did grow up very fast overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. I did. I did. Again, I think shows your power now because you weren't being coddled and, and taken care of. Like, (laughs) you know, like you, I'm sure your family was there and supportive, but you were, you were working it. You were a mom, a single mom, you were a college student and you're working and you were producing like this is, yeah, these are huge things that I don't think most women at that age are capable of, um, balancing. So again, really impressed by you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really impressed by you. (laughs) I am. I am. You're like the little ball of light over there. (laughs) Like It's so great. I appreciate that. I try to be, people do wonder, they're like, okay, with all that shit you've been through, like, why do you, I'm like, I'm still really optimistic because I still believe, I still believe in the fairy tale. I still believe that. I do too. That there is life to be lived by all of us and that have to pursue it. It's not going to just fall in our laps, yeah. but we got to go after it. And um, I worked in the entertainment business. So it's what's funny. The timing of us talking about the story is that episode will have released prior to our episode. And I talk about my time in Hollywood as a talent agent and manager and about a Me Too issue that I had and feeling again, kind of like you don't have a voice and so I did want to bring it up and there will be parallels. So yeah. those listening to the story now, you will have just heard my story about growing up in Hollywood and again, the things that happened um, as a young agent. And again, I don't, I don't wish any of that on anybody. Um, but I think, again, it's part of those things that made me stronger, made me more focused, and it made me know what I wanted in life. But I was threatened. Like, had I spoken up, I was given two choices. I'd be blackballed from the industry, um, or I'd be blackballed from the industry. <laughs> like I didn't, <laughs> um, and I wasn't ready to walk away from my entertainment yeah. career at the time, and so I shut my mouth. Yeah, and and it it bothered me for years because I knew I knew I was right, I knew he was wrong, and I knew that um, I should have filed a lawsuit. I should have gone forward with, but I he was so powerful that I also knew I wouldn't have had a career. No one else would have hired me. And that at that time, it just, it, you, you couldn't be a woman and speak out about it then. It just didn't, you weren't part of the boys club. You weren't right. part of the system. And um, then you were a thorn in their side and they wouldn't know how to deal with you. So it was this horrible, just like era. It's horrible. It is. It's, it's horrible. You know, what's interesting is that there was one police officer who I know and I, I, I don't, I don't know his name. I wish I did. I know that he was, that he was, that he listened. And I know that he knew that I was speaking the truth um, and I could feel, I could feel it even at 17, like he gets it. And, yeah. and even he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. And I'm it's, sure that it's, yeah. I mean, looking back, it's just crazy. It is. It is. I'm sure that pained him because I can imagine people who are in that position too. His job is to serve you and his job mm-hmm. is to protect you. And the fact that he couldn't do that, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that crushed that officer as well. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like hard. You said, it's a effect. It helped. It hurt everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they finally got him. Please yeah. tell me. Okay. No, I don't, honestly, I don't know where he is. Um, People ask me that. They're like, what if he finds out that you're speaking out about this? And I said, you know what? I welcome, actually, do you know what? You know, here's the thing. I actually welcome him to sit down with me and have this conversation. And yes, I just put it out there. Yes. On your show, I just put it out there. (laughs) I welcome him to sit down and have a conversation with me. You know, here's the thing is that, just like I started with this, like I cannot sit in hatred. I just, no. I'm not one of those people. 
I would, I would welcome that. Let's do this. Like I really, I mean, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Good. It, I, you know, this is how, this is how, um, truth understanding and, um, my side, right? Like, like yeah. understanding, like, dude, do you understand what you just, like what you did? That's I have a chance. Maybe your producers can find him and you can do I it. I thought about that. I thought about that. I was like, I actually kind of brought that to her attention. I said, maybe you should try and find him and see if he wants to like do an interview in the documentary. Would that not be cool? It would be cool. And boy, there was a special, oh my gosh, it might be on Netflix. Um, and it is about sexual assault and it is about confronting the attacker and allowing the victim to talk to them mm-hmm. with the leader. It's mm-hmm. kind of beautiful because oftentimes they, the men didn't even realize to the, the degree of what damage they had done right. to these women because they knew them. Yep. They were friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone kind of brushed them. They're like, oh, it really didn't happen. We just drank too much that night. Yeah. Yeah. I will try to find the name of that Netflix series. I that would be wonderful. I think it's from the CNN reporter. Oh my gosh. Entrepreneur. Oh my, I'm going to find it. But that there's actually a mediation that is done. There's somebody who is controlling these rooms um, and they're allowing both parties to come in and talk. And it gives obviously the victim, a place to finally heal to and tell her story and let that aggressor know, like, this is the damage you caused me all these years. It's really beautiful. I'm, I'll find it for you. And for those listening to you know me back right now, I'll make yeah. sure that I include it in the tail end of this um, episode so that yeah. you guys can find it too. It's, it's beautiful. It is on Netflix. And I think it's the CNN reporter whose name is... That would be, oh, that would be wonderful. Well, it's interesting because going through the experience with my husband, I, um, did, I confronted a lot. Like I, I confronted, I mean, I drove six hours to go and confront somebody and they didn't even know that I was showing up at their doorstep. I know. And so there was a lot of confrontation, um, in terms of like, it wasn't confrontation. It was, it was facing all of these pieces and Mm -hmm. also closing a door and handing back. That's more than anything. Handing back all of that stuff that mm-hmm. though I'm not carrying it, it's still there. And so being able to just say, you know, this is yours. I'm not holding it anymore. And I literally would do that. Like I would physically, like I would, I would take what would be, I would pretend, not pretend, but I would like take stuff. And I would just literally like from my back and, and um, metaphorically lift something up and say, here, this is yours. And literally hand it to them. And I'm not, I'm not taking the guilt. I'm not taking the shame. I'm not taking the, the anger. I'm not taking, like, this is on you. Have fun with that. You do what you want with it. I did not deserve this and I did not ask for it. Done. So the fact though, that the interesting thing about this piece is that I haven't had the opportunity to necessarily do that with him face to face or, you know, in that way, because it happened so long ago you know, and also I'm protecting my son and that whole thing, obviously, you know, I, I, on the, on the flip side now, um, I did try to, I did actually Google and try to find him. Cause I was like, Ooh. I want to know, like, where is he? And I can't, I don't know. I don't have a clue. <laughs> like <what>? Google failed. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. Well, Maybe I mean, it's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know. Well, I know. Sarah- I appreciate this so much and you sharing your story. I want to give you an opportunity to um, talk about what you're doing now with your nature therapy and resilience training um, and how you're guiding women to empower themselves and to push those limiting beliefs behind and be the woman that they should be. Transcend your stories. Yes. So I do one-on-one coaching, obviously. Um, and I also, because I'm also certified, I'm certified as a coach, but I'm also certified um, working with partners that have been through relational and betrayal trauma. And so that's like my, I do all sorts of work in that, in that realm as well. So when I'm not doing one-on-one coaching, I guide retreats in the Grand Canyon for women. Well, here's what's interesting. They started as primarily for women, but my February retreat, I actually had so many men that were asking to go. So we're doing a co-ed retreat, um, which is awesome because we're going to be learning so much from each other. 
So some of the retreats are just for women and some of them I do lead co-ed. Um, and uh, there are five days um, where we, four nights, five days, we hike down into the Grand Canyon. We go deep, we sit, um, we stay in a cabin down there. It's beautiful for two nights. We do a lot of deep diving, a lot of um, shifting within ourselves, a lot of a lot of just like transcending those stories and, and healing out in nature, a lot of adventure. I'm big on adventure. I'm big on laughter and I'm big on healing. And so, but it's also for those people that are just ready to take that next step into action. And how do I go from wherever I am right now in my life into that next step? If it's, you know, leaving a job or if it's, if it's leaving a marriage or whatever it is, like, you know, it's, it's that piece that's so much fun to, to really deep dive into. When I'm running these retreats, we do coaching pre, group coaching pre and group coaching post. So it's not, it's not just the five days. It's like eight weeks. And awesome. so they're a blast. <laughs> so I'm also working on the documentary and I'm also working on a book. Uh, what else? A lot of stuff. I know. Fantastic. I know. No, so I love it. I know I'm working on a book too right now. It's, there's a lot on our plates right now, but I think we were put here to share stories that will help others. Mm-hmm. Um, just gotta, just gotta muscle through it and get it done. Um, what is the best way for people to reach you and find you? I'll make sure to add it um, again you. after the podcast, but I again, want to hear it from you. Where, where would you like people to find you? So you can find me on Instagram Sarah Schulting Kranz. It's a long name. I get it. <laughs> S-A-R-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G-K-R-A-M-Z. It's so it's just like such a ridiculously long name. I'm like, can I be but like it's yours? I know it is. I know and I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's just like it's so long. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. You can also find me in my website. My website is liveboldlycoaching.com. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. My um, a lot of people just reach out to me in my personal Facebook page, which is fine. Sarah Schulting Kranz or Live Boldly is my business Facebook. Um, yeah, so yeah, call me energetically, send me a message, and we'll connect. <laughs> it's amazing Wonderful. how times that happen. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll make sure all of that is transcribed so people can actually see it um, and find you. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It was wonderful getting to know you better. And thank you. Um, I'm just moved by you. And I, and I hope that the listeners got the goodness that I got from you and that they're excited to learn more about what you do. And that adventure in the Grand Canyon in February definitely sounds interesting. So what are the dates of that? I, oh, it's full though, right? Because you said it was an eight-week course. And so that's... that's so the, um, yeah, the February... No, the February retreat's full. We do have one in May. Um, there's May, July, November, and then January of 2020. Okay. So, and those are all on my website as well. Yeah. Yeah. The February one, there is a wait list actually. So, um, and May is already starting to fill. So that's cool. There's so much fun. There's so much fun. I love that's- them. Love what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so You're happy. amazing, by the way. So, so happy to have this conversation. You are amazing. You're like a bright light. We're just like throwing bright light back and forth. <laughs> That's what we are here to do. I, That's I, what we're here to do. <laughs> Elevate. I, I, had, I was working with Shaman Durk and he called me out and he's like, girl, you are not living your truth. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's all I do is live my truth. He's like, no, there's a much more creative side of you that you haven't actually exposed. I'm like, what? I'm like, does a podcast count? And he's like, oh, that's a good start. He's, and he's like, the council thinks that's a good start. I'm like, okay. Um, he's like, but there's more. And I'm like, uh, what more? Because again, I feel like I'm an open book. I share a lot. Well, last month I was challenged to write a book. So I'm writing a book as well. That is uh, so awesome. Yeah. Crazy. Because in a million years, I would have never... Well, one, I would have never done public speaking. I would have never done a podcast. And I definitely would have never written a book. So all these things that you can do um, at any age. <laughs> and any age. Listen, I was like, are you kidding me? I got my wilderness first responder at 42. Like, yeah. I'm like, what? I, I've been questioned so many times in my life. What are you doing? Huh? What? Uh? And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. This is called living your purpose. And this is this is what we're here to do. And I have uh, never been freaking happier. Which, hallelujah, thank you for my past. Yeah. Right? Thank you it. for my past. That's it. Yep. I know. It, it's propelled me to create the life that I have today. Mm-hmm. 
Because Which I sure don't want to live back there. I don't want any of that. I know. I know. Amen. I love you. <laughs> well, I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Sarah is just awesome. If there's a part of this episode that resonated with you or you'd like to share how it made you feel, please tag me in your IG stories at The Confidence Crown so I can support you. Thanks so much, babes.